0: Turn. There. Turn to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. 2 Timothy, chapter 3. And you know that Father's Day is not over yet, so once again, let me express my uh, congratulations to all our fathers, and I thank you for being here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, I'm not going to bring a Father's Day message, but if the shoe fits, wear it in this, in this message. Let me read just a couple of verses here as introduction, we'll pray, and then I will begin my message. 2 Timothy 3, and verse 1, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Any of those describe our society today? In the last days, perilous times shall come. Now, Paul, who wrote this letter, believed that they were in the last days. That was a long time ago. In his days, they were perilous times. There were, there were men who were covetous and boasters. There were proud men and blasphemers. There were those who were disobedient to parents and unthankful and unholy, like today. But it seems like there is an increase that we're seeing And this evening, I want to focus in on one of these, and that's that lovers of their own selves. I entitled tonight's message, Falling in Love with Ourselves. Let's ask God to meet with us tonight as we look at one of these aspects of the end times. Dear Lord, thank you for your love, and thank you for the sweetness we've had already meeting together. I pray that you might meet with us. Spirit of God, do that work in us that we need. And Lord, again, for our fathers, would you bless them. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I read an article about a man in December of 2016. New York City resident Eric Jones was riding on the New Jersey coastline train when he dropped his cell phone. While traveling between cars, Jones pulled the emergency brake, bringing the train to a screeching halt. He was arrested and charged with defiant trespass and interfering with transportation because apparently he believed that the dropping of his phone warranted stopping the train for the several hundred people that were on the train. We live in a society that's been taught to live for yourself. I remember when the commercial came out with Burger King. It's been years now. Have it your way. That sounds good until you realize that characterizes our society wants it, everyone wants it their way. It's gotta be my way. Serve me my way first. It's because, because I love me and you should love me too. And if you don't love me, then there's problems. Lovers of their own selves. Comes from a word meaning a lover of self literally i looked it up literally the literal translation is a backwards wind now the thought that came to my mind is taking a fan and pointing it right at yourself you've got you got, got all this people around you but you want the fan all to yourself selfish me from off the reputable internet <laughs> in an article from Recipes for Self Love. First of all, they said trust yourself to make good decisions for yourself. Secondly, take every opportunity life presents or create your own. Thirdly, put yourself first. Next, exercise boldness in public. And last, be kind to yourself. Now, something about these, I didn't take all of them, it's just a few that I cherry-picked. Something about these seemed to not resonate with what I understand of the scriptures. So, so trust yourself. Well, Proverbs 12:15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But the heart, or but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. In Proverbs 28:26, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Take every opportunity life presents, or create your own. No matter what comes your way, take that opportunity. Just just whatever comes your way, take that opportunity. Except that Proverbs 4.25 says, Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Sounds to me like God doesn't want us to take every opportunity that comes our way. Here's some drugs. You want to try them? Put yourself first. Romans 12:10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honour preferring one another. Philippians 2:3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Hmm. Exercise boldness in public. <laughs> um, well, Proverbs 7:11. She is loud and stubborn her feet abide not in her house describing the strange woman proverbs 9:13 a foolish woman is clamorous she's simple and knoweth nothing and then lastly be kind to yourself ephesians 4:32 it says and be kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you from Time magazine self-love has become the core tenet of modern wellness culture with the promise that what follows self-love is good health and freedom in her book the self-love experiment author Sharon Kaiser claims whether you want to achieve weight loss land your dream job find your soulmate or get out of debt it all comes back to self-love and accepting yourself first. A little later in the article, studies show that too much focus on oneself is associated with anxiety and depression. Past research has also documented the vicious feedback loop of consumption and loneliness. When we purchase material possessions, even in the name of self love, we surprisingly feel lonely. So we try and soothe ourselves through buying more, but this only makes us feel worse. This takes a toll on our health as loneliness has been linked to increased inflammation, heart disease, and even premature death. From one of the commentaries I use, a generation with no discipline becomes self-lovers. He writes, children are born with self-love firmly enthroned in their hearts. In other words, we don't have to teach self-love. One of the earliest words in vocabulary is my ball, my spoon, my doll. Now, I didn't say my doll, but that's in the article. A healthy society puts a curb on self-love and self-will. Parents teach children to obey, share, take turns, and think of others. Schools should reinforce parental authority and discipline. Government ought further to restrain rebellion by means of the law. Psychologists and social workers, backed by massive powers of intervention and intrusion, intimidate parents who apply old-fashioned ways and means. In many regions, it's a crime to apply corporal punishment. In some circles, it's considered wrong to restrain temper tantrums. Restraint might cause children to develop inhibitions. So a child is allowed to grow up with his every wish gratified, believing that his will should be law and that the world owes him a living. A generation raised without being taught self-discipline demands indulgence of all of its lusts and scoffs at everything once held sacred. Self-love. I found a biblical illustration of self-love. In 1 Kings 21, I'll just quickly read through it. It came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard. It was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Nahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. So King Ahab wanted this vineyard that was right next to the palace. However, verse 3, Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee, What's not spoken is the Old Testament law. In Leviticus 25, 23, it says, The land shall not be sold forever. For the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. When the land was divided up and families were given the land, they could not sell it under the law. And yet here this wicked king is asking him to break the law. Verse 4, Ahab came to his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. Oh! Ahab came home and sulked. Here's the king. He's, he's on his bed. He's got his arm over his head. He's facing the wall and just sulking because he didn't get his way they had had a wife her name was Jezebel verse 5 but Jezebel his wife came to him and said to him why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread and he said unto her because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him give me thy vineyard for money or else if it please thee I will give thee another vineyard for it and he answered I will not give thee my vineyard Jezebel his wife said Dost thou not govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters unto the elders to the nobles who were in the city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a flat fast, and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Belial before him, to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him, that he may die. And the men of the city, the elders, the nobles, who were in the inhabitants of the city, did as Jezebel had said unto them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast. They set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. The men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. It came to pass. When Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard for Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. He's not alive, but dead. And it came to pass, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. He was no longer unhappy. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. God had seen the self-love of Ahab and the wicked murder by Jezebel. He sent His message of judgment through the prophet Elijah. In 2 Timothy 3, 2, it says, Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, there is a biblical mandate here and it's found in Romans 15:1. We, then, that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. In other words, don't please yourself, but rather help support those that are weak. We are living in a culture where everybody is taught that the whole problem is you're not thinking enough of yourself. You've got poor self-esteem. You're not worried about yourself enough. You don't love yourself enough. And the Bible tells us that's not the problem. From the Garden of Eden until now, the problem has not been a self-esteem problem. The problem has been too much self-esteem. I love myself so much, I want everything for me. I want you to notice me. I want attention here. I want everything here, and I'm not going to pay attention to anybody else's needs because I'm the one that needs help. As soon as all the focus goes here and away from helping anybody else there, you're gonna get depressed, discouraged. Can I tell you the number one way to fix discouragement and depression is go help somebody else. Find somebody else with a need and help them. Find somebody who's weak and be strong for them. First Corinthians 9, to the weak became I as weak, Paul said, that I may gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might by all men save some. Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, for so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you notice there's no place here that God is saying, you need to make sure that you're number one. You need to make sure and worry about yourself. We don't need to be taught that. That's our default default mechanism. We think of ourselves by default. We need to be encouraged to look beyond ourselves to somebody else. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. But the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now notice, it never says we're not to love ourselves. The Bible never says we are not to love ourselves. The Bible makes a supposition, knowing that we already love ourselves. That's not the problem. The problem is we don't love our neighbor like we love us. Romans 14, 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. In Philippians 2, 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind was that? Looking at other people's needs. Helping to solve their needs. Be an encouragement to them. We're to help support the weak, in verse 1, Romans 15. We're to please our neighbor for our neighbor's good, Romans 15, 2. Romans 15, 3, we're to follow Christ's example. In Psalm 89:50. remember, Lord, the reproach of thy servants. How I do bear in my bosom the reproach of all the mighty people. Wherewith thine enemies have reproached, O Lord, wherewith they have reproached the footsteps of thine anointed, Blessed be the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. The Lord took upon himself the reproach of the world against God. Jesus took their insults, their hatred, their rejection, and then gave his life to pay for their sin. Is it too much to ask for us to be willing to endure some rejection as we try to share the gospel with others? And then we see a biblical standard. You see, Jesus did not come pleasing himself. There's no place where God said, Now Jesus, the first thing you need to do is make sure and please yourself. Make sure you're number one. 1 Corinthians 10.33 Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. In 2 Corinthians 5 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So Jesus did not come pleasing himself, and because Jesus died for us, we should then live for him. In 1 Corinthians 13:5. Talking about love or charity, it doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Love. I don't have to be taught to love myself, I have to be taught to love others. And true love does not seek its own, it seeks the needs of others. We are to live for others. The 46-year-old Italian man was late for his plane to Rome, So instead of booking a different flight, he called the airline and claimed to have overheard Arabic men saying there was a bomb on board. Immediately the flight was halted and all passengers and bags re-inspected. It took off two and a half hours behind schedule, but not with the selfish Italian who was arrested upon arrival at the airport. I know how I can make my flight. (laughs) I'm gonna call the airline And tell them there's a bomb on board, that'll hold it for me. (laughs) Those hundreds of people on that flight were inconvenienced because of one man that loved himself. Or to live for others. Philippians 2, 4 says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. James 2.8, if ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself ye do well. Take your eyes off yourself and put it on others. And it's amazing how many needs we go by every day and don't even notice. How many opportunities to help others we go by every day, but we're so consumed with us that we don't even notice their need. Jesus said in 1 Corinthians 732, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. The first thing, Jesus said to please the Lord. Now notice, I'm not going to give you one place that it says please yourself. First thing, he says, please the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 7, 33, But he that is married careth for the things of the world, how he may please his wife. We're to please the Lord. We're to please our spouse. Here the wife, in verse 34, There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, and that she may be holy both in body and spirit, But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband So when we're given descriptions or illustrations in the Bible of what we are to please it never once says yourself please the lord please your spouse please others live for others though it says in Philippians 2:21 that man's default is to seek his own it says For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. Paul was unable to find someone he could trust, like Timothy, to come and give themselves to the ministry at Philippi. They needed a good pastor. They needed somebody to come along and, and, and help them, and he could find no one with the same heart that Paul had. They were all too wrapped up, he said, with their own concerns. Alex Lancaster and Tucker Blanford were college sweethearts. They had met in the U.S. while Lancaster, who was from England, was studying abroad for a year. At the end of her stay, Blanford proposed at the airport. She said yes, and the date was set. But just before the date arrived, she received an alarming call. The man on the phone said he was Tucker's father And that his son threw himself in front of a car because he was depressed. Reeling, she called Tucker's mother to offer her condolences. That's when she learned that he wasn't dead after all. He called her, pretending to be his father, to get out of the wedding. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We don't need a crash course on serving self. We don't need a self-love seminar. What we need is to open our eyes to the will of our Lord Jesus and to do what he did. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, gave, he came to give His life for others. Literally. Not just during His life when He was here, but He actually gave His life on the cross. And we are to be His disciples. Not living for self. Not focusing on self. But focusing on the needs of others. Now, to some degree, I'm preaching to the choir tonight, because the choir was here, (laughs) and because you're here on a Sunday night, but the Lord had this message for tonight, and which one of us does not need to be encouraged to open his eyes to the needs of others, which one of us does not struggle with me first syndrome? So I encourage you tonight to ask the Lord to give you his heart. And his heart is a heart for others. Let's pray. Thank you, dear Lord, for your love. Thank you for the sweet time we've had tonight. Lord, thank you for the good music we had. Thank you, Lord, for the sweet fellowship. And Lord, thank you for this passage, this reminder that we are not to be self-lovers, but we are to open our hearts to the needs of others. Lord, that doesn't come naturally for us. We've got so much of ourself in the way, so would you please help us? And Lord, Lord, we want to reflect Your image, and so, in, so would you tonight fill us with Your Spirit, take off those 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 cloudy scales on our eyes that cause us to focus on ourselves so much, and help us to see the needs of others. And we'll thank you, Lord, for what You're going to do, for we love You in Jesus' name, Amen.